An outgoing dean at San Diego State University alleges he was badmouthed by the president of the school. In an email addressed to several prominent members of the school and members of the community, outgoing business dean Lance Nail says he failed to pass a political litmus test in the eyes of Fidela de la Torre. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Gary Robbins, you cover higher education for the Union Tribune. And yesterday, you wrote a rather shocking story about a professor accusing president of SDSU, Adela De La Torre, of saying these things that were, in his view, completely wrong. Why don't you explain what are these allegations? So this story involves a guy named Lance Nail. Uh, Until recently, he was dean of the College of Business at San Diego State University. He left recently. Um, When he left, it occurred in May, and it it seems to have occurred a showdown with President um, uh, Adela De La Torre. Mm -hmm. So they meet, and he tells her that he has received and accepted an offer to go to the University of Texas at the Rio Grande Valley. Um, Dr. Nail tells me that he was still open to the idea of staying in San Diego if they kind of uh, came up with the right uh, offer. Uh, Dr. Nail says that um, President De La Torre was kind of curt with him, uh-huh. and um, uh, he is suggesting that he thinks that uh, that she thinks he's a, a conservative, and said the following words: um, "If you're not a Democrat and you don't support unions, there will be no place for you in education in California." Nail said, I was shocked. Uh, You shouldn't have to pass a political litmus test to keep a job. Um, He believed that she was talking to him about his um, political beliefs. Uh, We um, communicated with Dr. De La Torre yesterday, and Uh she said that she categorically dismisses this out of hand, that she never said anything like this. She said that this would be entirely out of character for her to do something like this. Mm-hmm. We also spoke to Adam Day, who is chair of the Board of Trustees for the California State University System. And he came to De La Torre's side as well, saying uh, something very similar, that, you know, it would be out of character for her for him to do this. But um, Lance Nail does stick by these words. Mm-hmm. And um, this is after he left, right? Uh, well, he's only his final days have been over the past week. And yes. as he's literally kind of going out the door, he sends her an email and he says, look, I've been hearing from other faculty that you're bad-mouthing me, that you're saying that um, you didn't think I was a particularly good dean, particularly in the area of uh, raising money Mm -hmm. and getting along with the business community, and I want you to correct those things. And when he sent this email to um, uh, De La Torre, he also copied it to some other people, including a lot of the faculty in the School of Business, and to Ron Fowler, who, as you know, is co-owner of the uh, San Diego Padres. And were they CC'd or BCC'd in this? They must have been CC'd because I could read everybody's name and email. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Ron Fowler, a few years ago, gave San Diego State University $25 million to their school of business, which is known as the Fowler College of Business, to support it. So he's very much invested in that program. And what uh, Nail is doing is saying, hey, uh, things aren't going the way they should be in this school, and it's because of the president. And I wanted you to know that... um, you know, I'd been working very hard. I raised a lot of money. I got things going in the way they wanted to go. He also sent it to a guy named Fred Pierce, who is a very prominent developer here in San Diego. So 
he made it public by sending it to a lot of people. And a lot of those people, um, or some of those people, sent it on to others. So now it's become a public issue that pits the president of San Diego State University against its most recent uh, dean of business. And this comes at a time of growth and change at San Diego State University. Why don't you kind of give us the groundwork of what are those tensions that exist because of the president? Well, she's only been president about 13 months, um, and uh, she's come in and she's done some things that people like, and she's done some things that people don't like. You know, at any university, it takes a while to get used to a new president or a chancellor. Um, A lot of people... Um, and I, I got to admit, including myself, like the way that she handled this problem of her scholarships. Uh, so we wrote a story within recent months saying that in over the past decade, um, San Diego State had failed to distribute $20 million in scholarship money that was available. Mm-hmm. There was a variety of problems within the university where they didn't bring it to people's attention and get the money out the door. And, you know, it was kind of like a horrifying thing because... Higher education is so expensive, and a lot of people have such need, and this money was literally sitting there. Now, this problem occurred before she got to San Diego State, mm-hmm. and she appears to have moved pretty quickly to try to fix it, and there has been progress going on there. There was some uh, sentiment to the other side, uh, because during the year they had a, an inauguration ceremony that cost a great deal of money, cost way over $100,000. And um, many people felt it was an inappropriate thing to do. It did seem kind of strange. Well, this is a time when the cost of higher education in the CSU and other systems has continued to rise. Um, Many people, as you know, leave colleges and and universities with a lot of debt. A lot of families are just trying to get by. And so it had this look of like, why are you spending money on that when money could be spent on other things? The university said, well, it wasn't tax money and it wasn't student money. I'm not so sure that that second part is true. Um, But some people on the faculty and the student body, including the Aztec student newspaper, said, you know, that on this particular issue, she was kind of tone deaf. I think that what is going on here is partly the fact that she's come in and she she has made it clear that they need to do a better job in hiring underrepresented minorities on the faculty and having a more more diverse um, student body. And SDSU has had some issues with race recently, right? It has. It had a series of racial uh, incidents um, during the winter and spring. Um, it's, it's not always tell, uh, possible to tell exactly what happened. There was one incident where someone threw a rock, I think, through a window at the Black Student Center. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some other flap that went on online. There was some screaming that was racial in nature. When you talk to the university to try to figure out, was this a, a serious, purposeful racial incident, it is hard to tell how many of these actually were because it might have been that someone picked up that rock and threw it at that building and it wasn't intended in a racial way. You need the whole context for that. Yes. And some things were not in context. Now, uh, President De La Torre has been pushing the faculty and students to sign a pledge to try to improve the the attitude and atmosphere on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, They're also pushing um, for a lot of training among faculty like implicit bias, So the university has regular turnover, and they're trying to replace faculty. They have a very, very tiny number of black faculty. They don't have a large number of Hispanic faculty, even though they're a heavily Hispanic school. Yeah, they're formerly a Hispanic-serving institution, right? They are. Yes, they are, Um, whereas UC San Diego is not. Um, So there's a lot of room for improvement. She's pushing it hard. Um, she's Mexican-American herself. Uh, her, par- her grandparents uh, were born in Mexico. She grew up um, in um, Sacramento. 
And while she was at UC Davis, she pushed these same issues of diversity and equality inclusion. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like it. Some people feel that she's pushing too hard or making too much of it. Other people embrace it um, uh, very strongly. So the people who were CC'd on Lance Nail's email, have you heard anything from them of what their perspective on this fight is? Not yet. We reached out in particular uh, to Ron Fowler. Now he's you know he's co-owner of the the Padres. It's not particularly easy to um, hear from. Uh, haven't heard back from him. Did make uh, uh, a reach out to Fred Pierce, a developer. We were supposed to talk, but it just just didn't come to pass yesterday on a busy day. Um, classes are not in session at the moment. I, I didn't reach out to um, faculty for that reason. I primarily wanted to get to President De La Torre and to Lance, and if I could, to um, uh, to Adam Day. And we were able to get some perspective by talking to those three. Mm-hmm. And. What do you think this says about the current state of, you know, this next year of Adela De La Torre? What are some of the new kind of challenges that she's going to have to resolve in her sophomore year of being president? Well, she's going to have to continue to build upon what she started. So when she says we are going to have a more diverse faculty, she's got to provide the resources available and the leadership available. And some people may push back. Some people think things aren't as out of kilter. Um, as she's saying. Um, it is also true that it can be very, very difficult to attract uh, a minority um, faculty. For example, in the United States, the number of black Americans who earn PhDs, which are required by a university like San Diego State, is very small. So mm-hmm. universities all, all over the United States are trying to get people. Um, and we have this problem where it can be hard, in some cases, for San Diego State to attract people because the cost of housing in San Diego is so high. And while the and working at a university doesn't get you that much money, well, they pay decent salaries. They pay a lot more money actually than many universities in America. So all these salaries are published, and they're decent, and you can build and you can earn tenure. So, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. And fact, you know, housing, as we all know, is a real issue here in San Diego. Um, there needs to be better communication as well between all areas of the school: Hispanics, Blacks, uh, Whites, Asians. Um, in the past, that seems to have been a general, uh, you know, a problem. And she's trying to deal with the, this, these other issues. So San Diego State has approximately 35,000 students. Mm-hmm. It does not have room at this hour to grow. She's pushing very hard for a satellite campus uh, that, that would be over at Mission Valley. Where, SDSU West. Yes, where, where the old, char- what we call the Charger Stadium would be. This is going to be a crucial year. They're trying to get some approvals from uh, the city to do that. Um, the, you know, they need to buy it from the city. So there are negotiations now. If those negotiations get delayed uh, due to any political problems, it would greatly increase the cost of the stadium. And that brings things into question, you know, because stadiums never go down in price. They only go up. Mm-hmm. Now, she seems confident that they're going to make a lot of progress within, say, even the next six months. The environmental impact statement on this just came out. It's kind of a dense document. Uh, it deals with a lot of things that you might expect, but it also deals with uh, issues like parking. And mm-hmm. that has always been an issue over at San Diego State. Yeah, reporter Jennifer Van Grove had a really good story explaining it's this. It's great on that. So as we go into the fall... We're going to see whether that whole stadium issue moves forward, and it needs to move forward if San Diego State is ever going to get bigger. 
So it's not just about a stadium. It's about a big parcel of land where they could also create classrooms, research facilities, retail, housing for both um, the public market and perhaps for faculty. Um, that could be really become quite an extraordinary uh, satellite campus, but they have to make everybody believe that it's about more than a stadium and it's up to her. And also this uh, moment of conflict comes at a time with increased scrutiny on discourse and free speech on college campuses. Do you see this getting to the point in which this becomes a larger debate as has happened on other campuses nationwide about what is and what isn't acceptable for people in the ivory tower to believe? You know, that's a, an incredible question, Daniel. I, th- I don't know if it's going to, but I know that it needs to. So there are a lot of problems that are going on uh, that aren't really getting a big airing. At um, nearby UC San Diego, for example, they are experiencing extraordinary growth. Um, they've gained 11,000 students approximately in the past decade. They're expected to grow this fall. There are big issues of growth. There are billions of dollars in growth going on right now. But there's very little public discussion of it. The university talks some, but the university primarily talks by press release. And oftentimes, mm-hmm. the press releases aren't accurate. Recently, the university put out um, uh, a press release about how much emissions they made for this year. And within that, they tried to make it look like that they had done more for Californians and more for people of underrepresented uh, groups. When if you look at the real details that the University of California was talking about, well, it wasn't like that at all. They weren't making as much progress as that applied. And this isn't the first time you've written a story like this that is critical of the leader of university at Several months ago, you wrote a story that had allegations about the chancellor of UCSD, Pradeep Khosla. So after writing these stories, do you notice a kind of chilling effect with the, these two universities, or do things just kind of, after some time, return to normal? Do you mean, are they less likely to talk to me? Yes. You know, I wrote the story in December about um, the investigation into Chancellor Kozla uh, about whether or not he had been a bully. Someone had filed a complaint. The University of California looked into it. There was a lot of material with it. We talked to certain people on the record. Um, we, uh, in that entire story, we reached out to more than 70 people to get a sense of what was really going on. Very difficult story. Uh, No clear answer. The investigation, to our knowledge, hasn't been completed. There were a lot of people at the university who were angry with me. There are still people that don't talk with me. Conversely, there are other people who talk to me as a result of that story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Kozla and I are speaking. We've uh, spoke a couple of times within recent months. Um, We spoke uh, last week in his office. Um, we spoke um, a couple of months ago on a big story about um, uh, about the front door the university is uh, uh, doing. You can't, in the end, worry about whether someone is going to stop talking to you. Uh, you have to just simply go and report and report what you find in a fair way, and if you make a mistake, correct it. It's my experience over, over time that most people who get angry with you will still come back and talk to you. And mm-hmm. I've got to say that's been a, a good sign with, with Pradeek Kozla. Um, he does support a free press. So even though the story about him wasn't a particularly positive one, you know, he'll stand back up and talk about hard issues like, you know, how are they doing with enrollment? It's growing really fast. Is it growing too fast? And then is that the same perspective that you're getting from Adela de la Torre? That's exactly what it is. Um, so I wrote a couple of, uh, you know, very candid stories in the late spring and, and going into early summer. 
and uh, she texted me within a within like an hour of both stories to say thank you. That was I th- I consider that to be a fair story. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had conversations with her when I I've just said point blank, if you find that there's something wrong with the story, tell me. Don't be mad for a long time, and I don't find out about it until later. Tell me so we can talk about it. Um, I say that to readers as well. Whoever reads and listens to our our work, we want them to weigh in. People did weigh in on this story that we've just published. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine there was some controversy there. Yeah. Um, some of the comments, i got to tell you, were or one comment in particular had a real racial tone to it. Um, but it's a free society. People can say what they wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to hear from a larger variety of people. All right. Gary Robbins, thank you so much. Thank you. In other news, San Diego County and the University of San Diego are partnering to create a small business development program to boost entrepreneurship in six neighborhoods. They include Choyas, City Heights, Encanto, Linda Vista, Rolando, and Redwood Village. The idea is to connect would-be entrepreneurs to the resources they need to start new businesses. Two entrepreneurs have already signed up. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.